I'm Gavin Scott, your host. Welcome to the Stay Outstanding podcast, the show that shares wisdom and gifts knowledge, motivates you to be your authentic self, influences you to fulfill your true potential, encourages you to take action, and inspires you to step into your greatness. Welcome, everybody, to the next episode of Stay Outstanding. Our next guest is an award-winning author, international speaker, and a reality-shifting specialist. Entrepreneurs, coaches, and healers hire Shiraz to rewrite their business stories, and with them, their reality, because most people are unknowingly addicted to stories of adversity and struggle and left with a lack of success, confidence, and freedom. Uh, Shiraz helps you to eliminate, terminate, and annihilate your unconscious addiction to the stories in order to ignite um, a stream of high-paying clients while fueling an abundance of free time, money, and energy. Wow. Wow um that's some guest i've landed myself today so uh <laughs> shiraz why don't you uh deep dive in a little bit and tell us how you became this incredible figure i like incredible figure i don't think anyone's called me that before <laughs> so well, first of all thanks thanks for having me on the show gavin i'm really really grateful to be here and this all started with me Back when I was 22 years old, I had just started university. I was going to do molecular genetics to become a doctor. I was in the best shape of my life, and I figured the world was my oyster at this point. But the world didn't give me pearls. It gave me arthritis. And I don't mean that, okay, my body's hurting and I can't do much like kind of arthritis. I mean intense pain in every single joint. So there were nights where I would sip dinner through a straw because my jaw was so swollen and painful. And I would spend days or weeks in bed at a time just in agony. And my body would be deteriorating as the disease took effect. Eventually, I learned to build my t- pain tolerance so I could get out of bed, get get through college, and then start uh, a job and get get into the world and make some money and live a life. But there was pain all the time. And my movement deteriorated, my my range of motion deteriorated. And I tried all sorts of things. I tried medication, I tried supplements, I tried diet, I started to try things like acupuncture and whatever I could I could figure out would work. And the crazy thing is everything worked for a little while. And then it would just stop. And I couldn't figure out what was going on. And this became my life for about 20 years. And finally, I was having a conversation with my father and I said, is there anything we haven't tried yet? Anything, you know, completely out there. And he said, he found out about this place over in India where they do a thing called combined therapy. And they've had successes with multiple illnesses. And that caught my attention because it's usually you go to some place for arthritis or for cancer or diabetes, right? He's like, no, 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 they're, they're fixing everyone. And I'm like, what, how, <laughs> what's going on there? So I'm on a plane. I go over to India 
And because it's India, I'm thinking some guy's going to do the, the laying of hands on me. It's like, okay, you're going to heal now. But what he did was he just talked to me for two weeks, asked me all these questions about my life, went through my entire history. And I didn't even know where we were going with this, but I'm just playing along. Let's see what happens. And at the end of it, he says, okay, Shiraz, here's the problem. You believe you're responsible for everyone in your life. And I said, no, I don't. And he said, I know you don't think so consciously, but from everything you've told me, you've created a belief that you need to be responsible for everyone in your life. And it started back when you were eight years old. And I said, okay, I know I'm a responsible guy, but I don't think I'm responsible for everyone. And anyway, what the hell does that have to do with arthritis? <laughs> so he said, well, you don't want to be responsible for everyone. And I said, yeah. And he said, and if you're lying in bed in pain, or if you're in pain through your life and just trying to cope with that, you don't have to be responsible for anyone and you don't have to feel guilty about it. And no one can judge you for it. It's the solution to a problem you don't even realize you have. And I went, oh my God, that's messed up, right? And he said, but most chronic illnesses are the solutions for problems people don't realize they have. And I thought about that for a while. And I said, listen, so if what you're saying is true, all I have to do is say, I'm not going to be responsible for anyone but me. And I shouldn't have arthritis anymore. He said, no, if you actually believe it deep down inside, that you're not responsible for anyone but you. You don't need the arthritis. So I said, okay, I'm not going to be responsible for anyone but me. And I woke up the next morning, no pain, no inflammation, more mobility, and I could even breathe better. And I'm freaking out. <laughs> like, what the hell just happened? Like, an illness like that doesn't go away overnight after almost 20 years of it. But I'm, I'm checking my legs, I'm checking my arms, I've got more mobility. Now, the damage was still there. So I didn't have like suddenly perfect body and perfect mobility, but the pain was gone and I could do more. And there was a track at the place that I was staying. And every day I'd be out on that track, but I'm doing this old man shuffle to get around the track because I'm trying to get some sort of exercise. And I'm being passed by people that are like 60, 70 years old that are doing their little walks. And this day I get out there and I'm passing other people, even people that are younger than me. <laughs> and, and they're looking because they've seen me for weeks now. They're like, what the hell is going on with this guy? I'm like, yeah, I know, right? What is going on? And I got home. Everyone's freaking out. What happened to you over there? But that was it. It was the solution to a problem I didn't realize I had. And as I looked into this more, I found out this isn't just about illness. This is why you don't have the relationships you want. This is why the money isn't coming in. This is why the success isn't coming in. And that problem that you think is that big problem you can't overcome or that thing that happens over and over to you, that's a solution for something else. And I've learned to help people find out what the actual problem is. And when you remove the actual problem, the problem you were trying to fix just disappears. And it feels like reality itself shifts around you. That's why my, my clients started dubbing me a couple of things, a wizard and a reality shifter. <laughs> so, um, You said the problem is the solution to yes. something else. Yes. Have you, can you give us an example? One of, one of the biggest things a, people a come client to example? Uh, Pardon? A, a client example? A client example, yes. 
one of my clients had built up her business and then it just plateaued and she couldn't get it to go any further. And she tried different promotions. She tried working with marketing people. She tried, you know, um, diff hiring different people that might bring something more to the business. Nothing was working. And after working with, with her for a while, we, we discovered that at Thanksgiving and New Year's, not New Year's, uh, Christmas, she gets together with the extended family. And once they all start drinking, they trash talk rich people. And she had built her business that if she made any more money, she'd consider herself rich. So she was unconsciously sabotaging her business so she couldn't get judged by her family or by herself because she felt the same way about rich people as her family, even though she was trying to make more money. And when we shifted her belief about that about and, and got her out of worrying what her family's going to say about her if she made more money, her business doubled in the next year. Amazing. And I'm sure for anyone listening, they're thinking, well, is it possible? Like, just to have the awareness and acknowledge that you're seated at a table with friends and family in close proximity, and that's what's stopping you from doubling your business income. Is that really possible? The thing I've discovered is you create your world mostly out of avoidance of bad emotions. And you're willing to put yourself through financial troubles, physical troubles, like all sorts of things to avoid those feelings primarily of guilt or shame. So she was worried about feeling shame from her family, even though her own life would have been great but she didn't want to feel that emotion. And for me, I was, I was trying to avoid feeling guilty for not helping people or shame on my own part for not, for not being able to take care of everyone. And this is how we create a reality because your unconscious mind is more concerned with emotions than it is with physical results. And once you overcome that or, or reframe it so you don't have to feel that, you can change what happens in the physical results. And this is the thing, those emotions are choices. People don't realize it because in the moment it feels like, no, I just reacted. I, I felt guilty or I felt sad, but it's all based on the programming growing up. How are you going to react to a situation? What emotions are you going to feel? And you can train yourself to react differently. So we've not talked before. Um, so you probably don't know this about me. I'm not sure how many episodes you may or may not have listened to before coming on the show, mm -hmm. but I like to, you know, show the audience that I, preach what I teach kind of thing mm -hmm. and so I allow myself to be completely open and vulnerable so in this instance we've got someone like you that's a specialist in reality shifting um, my business stay outstanding is doing fine but we always want to go to the next level Yes, that's where we get fulfillment and we get fulfillment through overcoming challenges and obstacles. Yes. So here's my question to you. Okay. Where's my block? Okay. So where's my block is not a question I can answer, but when we get some context around what you're trying to do and what's not working, then we can find out what the beliefs are. So what is that thing that you're trying to get to that you're not getting to? 
or what is something that keeps happening that you don't like that keeps showing up in your business because it keeps showing up over and over again you want it to show up so first of all i prefer to call my business a uh, value exchange platform okay right i gift my value to the world and in yep. return i get a value back right okay that kind of stems from before i was a mindset educator that i used to be in luxury real estate and i had a development company that i started from zero and i went to hero mm -hmm. uh, over the space of nine years and um, my investors decided that i'd done so well that i was worth being the full guy and so they bankrupted me and the companies to effectively take my money to increase their share so okay. i was made bankrupt and uh went on to do other things for a few years before uh, having my own awakening and becoming a, a mindset educator so um i wouldn't say like i've got a, a ceiling limit like in terms of money that i want to be the return value mm -hmm. but what i do have is a goal of impacting lives like that's my gift my value to the world mm -hmm. so if i can impact lives then i'm gifting my value right so how do i create more impact than i'm creating now are you willing to partner with people to create a bigger impact 100% see that's not actually coming up as true in your energy it's not it's not interesting all right yeah. so this is the thing when i work with people i can tell when your conscious beliefs match your unconscious beliefs okay so you think you're telling the truth but there's part of you that's like oh no 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 i don't want to do that so then once we know that that's there's that incongruency there we go down and try to figure out what's happening and just from what you were talking about do you have to make sure no one ever does that to you again bankrupts you and makes you that fall guy I mean, I'm going, I'm going to say yes, but I don't know what you want me to say. Okay, I, I know it seems like an obvious question, but here's the thing. There's towards motivation and there's away from motivation. Towards motivation, you're, you're concerned where I want to go, what, what's going to happen. Away from motivation is I want to make sure I'm never like these people. This never happens to me. I don't have to go through that, right? And if your unconscious mind is still in reaction to what they did to you, then your motivation is to make sure you don't get bankrupt uh, and you make sure you're not used as a fall guy. That's actually more powerful than I want to expand my network. And so it becomes the driving force rather than the expansion. And the thing is, to when you're trying to make sure no one takes advantage of you, the subconscious mind says, well, then I have to make sure I don't partner with anyone. I have to make sure I don't have any big deals going on because that's the way it's going to happen. So I have to stay small. Right. I'm, I'm, I'm going to play devil's advocate for one okay. second. Sure. I'm a collaborator, not a competitor. Can competitor. Yep. We're coming towards the end of season one. I've talked about this a few times on a few different episodes. And I wanted to celebrate the end of series one. So we've come up with the idea of creating a contest 
prize draw, right? Now, it was entirely up to me what that prize draw was going to be. Mm. And I started looking at all of these different options. And in the end, I said, you know what? This just doesn't feel right. Like, series one was about the people that I collaborated with. My, it was about my guests. Yeah. And, like, these guests are true, true specialists in what they do. I know that firsthand because I've interacted with them. I've interviewed them and everything. I believe that what they have to say and share with the world will enhance people's lives and therefore create impact. So as you know, the prize draw that I'm creating is a book of every author that's appeared as a guest on series one. Mm -hmm. And in doing so, I am basically saying to that guest, look, I want to collaborate with you. I want to continue to collaborate with you. I value you. You can send this out to your network. They're going to think, oh, he's given me a free chance to win his book. Plus, I've got all the chance to win these other books, et cetera, et cetera. So for me, just playing devil's advocate, I'm not sure you're right that I'm not willing to collaborate with others. Oh, I never said you're not willing to collaborate with others. What it is, is the level at which you're willing to do that collaboration, right? You had partners that screwed you over. There's, there's a difference between collaborating with people at a certain level and getting to a full on, let's do this big partnership that's going to take me to that level where I was, where it's possible that I could have that fall again. So it's just like with my client, she took herself to a certain level of money. It's not that she didn't want money. It's just that she didn't want to pass a certain threshold. And your unconscious mind decides that threshold. You don't decide it, right? So you'll, you can collaborate to a certain level and then it's, you'll find that, okay, why is it not getting any bigger? Why are we not getting the expansion that we're looking for? So what I'm going to ask is if we just want to step out of that story that's still sort of hanging in there about being, uh, what was the word you used? The um, cool guy? The fall guy, that's it, because it's, it's important to use the same terminology. So are you willing to, to destroy your belief that it's more important to avoid being the fall guy than it is to create expansion? Of course. Okay. I could, I could, it's funny because I could actually feel resistance in your energy there. There's, there's, <laughs> how, it, it must, it must have felt really. Uh, devastating when that happened. I worked nine years, six and a half days a week, 20 yep. hour days, doing 40 people's jobs a day yep. so that I could reach my goal, which was also in line with the investors' goals because they were due to make X interest amount and profit share. Yeah. You know, my end of the bargain was I would get X profit share, and that was going to allow me to create security for a family and, uh, you know, not have too many worries. I, I said I'm going to work my 30s and live my 40s. Yeah. What's ended up happening is I'm living my 40s anyway. And, <laughs> and I sure as hell worked my 30s, I'll tell you that much. Okay. Um, but in doing so, I compromised on everything in life for, you know, practically the best part of nine years that wasn't my business. 
Okay. Uh, you know, my business was my baby. So yeah, you, 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 I, mean, I can't compare it to a real human being, of course, but mm. yeah, my business at that stage was my baby and it was nine years old. Okay. All right. So I'm going to try, we're going to do it again because I can feel like there's stuff stirring up. And there's other things that have just come up from what you said. And the thing to note is that when I feel that shift going on in someone's um, some energy, mental patterns, we're actually rewiring your neurons from these, these phrases. I tend to yawn and cough. So that might start happening in a little while. So are you willing to destroy the belief that it's more important to make sure you're never the fall guy than it is to create expansion and success? I am willing to destroy that belief, yes. In order to create the success you want, do you have to compromise freedom in your life? To create the success that I want, I do not have to compromise on the freedom in my life okay there's still a little pushback in there yeah so when you did it the first time when you think about how much effort you put in how do, how do you feel about that all that effort to get to, to to that level and then just lose it frustrated angry annoyed yeah See, that, that anger is, is what's keeping you from getting to that next level, right? Because you're, st you're still in reaction to it. And when you can look back at it and there's no emotional charge, then you've, you've, you've cleared it completely. So here's, here's the hard one. Are you willing to forgive those partners for the role they played in that situation? Completely. Are you willing to forgive yourself for being led into that situation. Absolutely. Okay, that one's actually a little harder. So, okay. Do you still need to be angry with yourself for what happened? Don't need to be, no. Okay, so are you, are you willing to let that anger go? I am willing to let that anger go. Okay. And here's the, the crazy thing. A lot of people have problems really grasping this and accepting this. If that level of success made you really, really uncomfortable, you would find a way to get rid of it so you can feel more comfortable, even if getting rid of it causes you great distress. Right. And I've seen this happen. It's like athletes that are about to get to major leagues blow out a knee or wreck their shoulder. And it's just like it was a horrible coincidence, but it wasn't. At some level, they weren't ready for that. You see actors that become famous really quickly and then they get a drug habit or something happens and they come out of it. That's because they can't handle that new level and they get out of it. So when you when you look at it from the point of view that you're creating everything in your life you can often look back and go, oh, that's why it happened. Like when I look back now at the arthritis, I'm like, oh, great. Yeah, I thought I was responsible for everyone. I created the arthritis and that, that screwed me up. And then I kept trying to fix the arthritis and not fix myself. And that's why I had to go through that journey. And when you, when you start to look at this and say, okay, why did I want that to happen? 
And it can come from something that happened in childhood, an incident you saw, a story someone told you that just got locked into you. Then you can let that go and you can get completely different results. So this is, I, uh, we're still going back into this, but it, it feels like we need to go here. What, if you just, even, and if you, nothing comes to mind, just sort of use your imagination, kind of think what, what, could, what it could be. What would cause you to get to a certain level of success and then not want to be there? It's a great question. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm going to go with the answer. and the, uh, I, I can't believe I'm going to say this out loud. But, uh, but for the benefit of the audience, that they know I'm being authentic. And I've spent a long time studying this uh, as a mindset educator. So I'm going to go, because I don't really have anything that distinctly sticks out. But my instinct, my intuition says self-worth. Yeah, that's coming up. So if you got yourself to that level with those people and didn't feel you were worth it, the self-worth wasn't there, then you can create that whole situation and then come back down and then have to rebuild it. And now it feels like your self-worth is, is higher, but we still want to just let you know that there's no, there's no boundary. Like, it's amazing how we put these restrictions on ourselves. <laughs> One of the examples I love to use is, have you ever held a newborn baby, right? And you look at that baby and that baby is just a gift and you feel the value of that child. But when you think of it logically, what is that child doing? All it's doing is breathing and pooping, right? But you're like, this thing has value, right? Now, that's still you. you all your life experience has only added value on top of that. But we've been taught that we have to do things to have value. We have to uh, accomplish certain things to have value. And the truth is, what we do, what we accomplish, what we contribute to the world is an expression of our inherent value. It's not like you have to do things to get that value. This is just allowing you different ways to express all the value that's in you. So are you willing to step out of the story that's been drilled into you that you are not worth the things you're trying to accomplish? 100%. Yeah, that's a deep one. Okay. So just sort of do a check-in now. How do you feel? Better, worse, the same, or different? There's no wrong answer. I mean, we're discussing... Uh, what's the right way of saying this? Matters of importance to me. So yeah. when you discuss them with people that understand them, and you create a space of forgiveness. And mm -hmm. in that space, you then allow yourself to let go. Yeah, inevitably you feel better. Okay. Good. So is it okay for your baby to grow up now? Um, yeah, for sure. Okay. Yeah, it's feeling better. Right? Because it's interesting because you use that analogy of your baby and like, you know, a lot of people consider their business as their babies. 
but sometimes you want to protect your baby just like you would your normal child. And that means you put restrictions and rules and stuff around that, but that just keeps the baby smaller and confined. When you're willing to just let it grow and know that there's going to be crap that's going to show up and you have to deal with it and then move on, then you can have a lot more growth. But I've seen a lot of people in business that control, control, control. It's got to work just this way. We've got to take it exactly this direction. And it hinders the growth of the baby. Yeah, so the funny man in me was going to say, Zed's dead, baby, Zed's dead. <laughs> <laughs> it's a Pulp Fiction quote. Because yeah. obviously the business didn't survive. Um, <laughs> yes, I've had a new birth since then, and I would like that yeah. baby to grow up and survive and thrive. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, actually, it feels, your energy feels a lot different now. But this is it. It's one of the hardest things for people is to be an allowance of all possibilities. Right? Because great things are going to happen and bad things are going to happen. But where most people go is like, if you're here and this is the best possible outcome and this is the worst possible outcome, then people are like, I'm willing to have everything from here to the best possible outcome, but I'm only willing to have a little bit to the worst possible outcome. And the way it works with your subconscious is it's all about resistance and allowance. And so you think you're doing, okay, I'm allowing this and I'm, I'm resisting this, but however much you resist this way, you actually resist this way. So you're only creating this much of an opportunity for growth and change. When you're willing to have the best possible outcome and you're willing to have the worst possible outcome, then the resistance goes away and there's just allowance. And the cool thing is when you're in this space that you're willing to have the worst possible outcome, the intention is to have the best, but the willingness is that it could go either way, you tend to get what's on the good side, right? And, uh, you know, it's, it's like this, a nice example is, if you're looking for a partner and you've been hurt and you don't wanna have your heart broken again, then you sit there and you go, okay, I'm gonna find a new partner, but I'm gonna open, open up my heart just a little bit because I gotta make sure I don't get my heart broken. And your partner is there is like, well, why isn't he opening up his heart? Right? I can't be in a relationship with someone that's not going to open up their heart fully. So then they say, you know what, this isn't working. They leave. And you sit there going, look, it's a good thing I didn't open up my heart because they left anyway. So I saved myself. So you get evidence that you have to keep doing this. But if you had opened up your heart, even though you had your heart broken, that person could have said, oh, my God, this is exactly what I needed. And you can get that best possible result. And it's not just like with the heart. It's with business. It's with everything. But most people are just like, no, safe, tiny, small put up the barriers, do the tests, and then they wonder why the results are small. Yeah, I, I hear you, man. I hear you. So, like, everything is patterns and conditioned behavior, right? You talk about resistance and allowance. It also comes from conditioned behavior. Yes. Um, I was recently with someone and... Uh, they took my kindness for weakness mm. and uh, I went into hermit crab mode, you know, the, the, <laughs> the, the self-protection you were just talking about. Yes. And uh, I had quite a few of those experiences in my life. And I was like, uh, I mean, I'm lucky now I've got the awareness, right. And I've done the mindset work and I'm a mindset educator and I continue to do mindset work for my own growth. Mm -hmm. So I was able to recognize what was going on and 
not go back in the um, not go back into the hermit crab, and instead, I've been looking at why I went into the hermit crab, and you know, I understood from doing that that this person was taking my kindness as weakness, and therefore I was devaluing myself. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, "Hang on, this is madness. I'm devaluing myself. Yeah, like, yeah. kindness is a strength. It's not a weakness. Yes. If they don't like that, if they don't align with that value, then it doesn't matter. Like, let's just go and find somebody that does. You know. Yep. So I left that well alone. So I am totally with you, man. I'm totally with you." Um, tell us a little bit about your book because it's going to be in the end of our series one prize draw and I just want to drop a little excitement uh, for people that are going to participate in that okay it's called how to rewrite reality it's there on my bookshelf oops I've got a, got a copy of it here and it's basically an instruction manual for just that how to rewrite your reality it it gives you concepts of how things work it uses stories that have happened to me and to my clients. And the whole thing is in a story metaphor. So you have a chapter on genre, you have a chapter on backstory, you have a chapter on the um, co, co, not co-creators, co-authors in your life, um, plot twists, right? Uh, driving the narrative, how to, how to live happily ever after. So, and just lays it out. And when you when you read it, you just discover, oh, yeah, I can see why I'm in this pattern. But it also talks about addiction because most people don't realize that you're addicted to your current reality. And it's not just like you you like these things. You get a dopamine addiction every time certain stories play out in your life because when something happens in your life and you know it's going to happen, even if it sucks, you get to be right. And people love to be right. And every time you're right, your brain hits you with dopamine so you can create a dopamine addiction to horrible things that happen in your life. And you can easily switch that to having an addiction to good things that happen in your life, but your brain is like, well, no, this is working for me. I'm not gonna give this up because I know it's working. I want my dopamine fix. The other thing is there's a neurological addiction because every time a story plays out, you organize your neurons to store that information and create those habits and create that those results over and over and over again. So you get growing clusters of neurons locking you in to a certain way of thinking and a certain way of behaving. So you have to learn how to reduce those clusters and build a new cluster that creates positive results. And we talk about that in the book and how to do it so that you can really break this addiction. This is a really important thing because a lot of people don't get the addiction part. And so you may do something to shift your mindset. And you think, oh, wow, I've done it. I shifted my mindset. But the addiction is still there and you can get pulled back into the old mindset. So if you've ever gone to like a retreat, um, a huge workshop, gone through a course and you come out of it and you're like, oh, my God, this is it. Everything's going to change. And then a few weeks or a few months down the line, you're like, wait, wait, I'm back where I started. You didn't break the addiction because no one taught you about that. It's funny you say that, man, because um Back in mid-Jan, I started a 28-day juice detox. Mm -hmm. I did it for various reasons. Um, But the greatest thing about it was my growth journey 
it was a, a real insight into my emotions because I always knew I was an emotional eater, but I never really knew to what extent. So all of a sudden I wasn't able to eat, but I had all of these emotions to deal with. And I was like, whoa, man, I've got to deal with this. I've got to deal with it. You know, it was, it was, it was really intense. I'll be honest. It was 28 days. Yes. You know? It was pretty intense. And um, just yesterday, I found myself asking, when was the last time you had a juice? Because the idea was, rather than make it a quick fix, be consistent with it, and don't live your life only on juice, but mm. integrate it into your lifestyle, whatever that means, once a week, five, three times a week, you know, but just change your meal up for a juice. And... Um, I didn't have my juice yesterday. And then the day before that, I came off my motorbike because some very nice person left some mud in the middle of the road, which I wasn't able to see. Okay. And I got a beautifully scraped up knee uh, with some wonderful prime human blood on it. And so I'm now at the point where I can't, uh, I can't, I mean, I could exercise, like I could do upper body or whatever, but effectively i do swimming because i'm training to swim the straits of gibraltar <laughs> and um i can't also really do yoga because that's like one side of my body out and yoga is all about balancing out anyway yeah. so i'm thinking to myself you know just take it nice and easy and then earlier today i'm catching myself making lunch and what's happened is i've gone oh hectic afternoon schedule you've cooked a little bit too much but eh, you know you don't feel great you've got an injury you can't exercise you deserve to eat it all and oh. i was i was like what are you talking about <laughs> <laughs> like eat what you need to eat and leave the rest like stop playing this crazy game where you you know where you allow the ego and the emotions to rule your world uh so yeah fascinating fascinating stuff um would you like to read us a, a maybe a paragraph from your book um sure let's really okay. tease the folks into the, into into this okay so i opened up randomly to trust Okay. Uh, one last thing. By, the, by the way, I don't think that was random. <laughs> yeah. So this is on your supporting characters, the supporting characters in your life. One last thing to look at when dealing with supporting characters is the idea of trust. The way trust works for most people is that you say, I'm trusting you to do this. What you are actually saying is, I'm hoping you will behave in the way that I have decided is the right and appropriate way regardless of who you really are and how you show up in the world. You would not trust a gambling addict to deposit $10,000 in the bank for you, but you would trust him to gamble it. That is real trust. You trust that the gambler would act based on who you know him to be, not who you want him to be. What if you interacted with everyone the same way? If you meet someone and they cheat on their partner to be with you, eventually dumping that partner and dating you, then trusting them to not cheat on you is illogical because they've already shown who they are, yet this happens in relationships. If your friend asks you to lie to someone so that they don't get in trouble, 
then believing that they've never lied to you is negativity. Are you starting to see how this works? Trust people to be who they see, uh, who you see them to be. You may see potential in them to be more than they are, but make your decisions on what you see in reality, not based on what you hope they can be. I've seen many people in relationships become frustrated because if my partner could only change a little bit, they'd be wonderful. Right? These people are attempting to have a relationship with someone who doesn't exist and are wondering why they aren't happy. I'm telling you, there's no accident that you chose that page. <laughs> the universe has a beautiful way of showing up for all of us. Yeah. Was, well, thank you so much for that. I really enjoyed that. I can't wait to uh, get the uh, contest prize draw underway. Um, <clears throat> is there anything that is coming up in the energetic field that you would like to speak about? Well, right now in, in the world in general, there's a huge energy of control. Right. And you can give in to that energy of control or you can create your life despite it, you know, treating it like it doesn't exist. And I have lots of clients that are dealing with this, that, you know, control from the government, control from their bosses. It's just out there. And it is because we're going through a cycle in the world right now. Uh, and people have been talking about this. It's like, you know, the follow the Roman Empire, the French Revolution, these things have happened. Now it's happening globally that there's going to be this big, huge shift. But there's going to be this all this control in the meantime. But you don't have to be part of it because I, I hear people talking about it. But meanwhile, I'm traveling. I'm, I've got the freedom I want. I'm doing whatever I, I like. And I'm just in flow. So it's a matter of what's your story going to be? And the way I see the world is there's no actual reality. What you're seeing as reality is the majority's decision on the stories of how life works. And so that's why you have people where everyone else is struggling. They're just excelling because they've said, no, I'm not going with that reality. I don't like the majority's reality. I'm going to go with my own reality. And when you decide this is what you want, it can actually just show up really quickly and really powerfully. And it can affect all sorts of people around you. I have one client. She's so got this. And at one point, it, was, it felt like she's got it to a level higher than me because I've, I've helped her go from like 1,500 people attending an event to 8,000 people attending an event because she was just like, let's just make this happen. And that happened in two days. Right? So, uh, But then she'll come to me with other things. And the, late, the latest one was just, it made me laugh so much because she said, my boyfriend and my brother keep fighting. Um, and I'm like, okay. She goes, we need to make them stop. And I'm like, do you want me to talk to them? Because like, this seems like a them problem. And she said, no, you taught me that everything that shows up in my reality is there because at some level I want it to show up. So at some level, I want my boyfriend and my brother to, to fight and we need to figure out what that is. And I'm like, I did tell you that. <laughs> so, so we started looking into it and it turned out that both those guys have this personality type where they, you know, have, have fun with their friends, but, you know, do like the insulting things. Oh, you're, you're, you just blew that. And, you know, you just have that fun ribbing your friends, right. And they rib you back. Both of them do it. 
she didn't want them to gang up and do it to her. So as long as they're doing it to each other and fighting and not getting along, it would never happen. That was her unconscious fear. And when we got her out of that unconscious fear, she called me back four hours after that particular session. She goes, they're getting along now. They're having fun. They're talking to each other. And I'm like, wow, she really gets this. She's just going to create everything she wants in her reality. And whenever she gets stuck, she just comes to me like, I know this is the problem and I'm making the problem. Let's fix it. It's crazy, but this is what we do. This is what every single person does, but most people don't want to acknowledge you're creating everything because then you have to acknowledge you're creating the crap, right? But if you realize and, and allow that you're creating the crap, then you can change what you're creating at any time and create amazing things. But it, take, it means taking full responsibility for your life. I'm just taking a moment to take in full responsibility for my life. Um, yeah, amazing. People don't take 100% responsibility for their lives, which to me is really crazy. Like, uh, as you just said, we manifest this uh, state uh, that occurs. So I'm sitting here scratching my head thinking I've got a busted knee because I came off a bike. I've... I'm, I'm, I'm challenging myself with my eating, uh, my nutritional intake, uh, and I can't actually, you know, swim at the moment. And I'm like, hmm, how, what, how, or why have I created this? You know, yes. that's the question you got to ask. Yeah. Well, there's only one answer. I know what the answer is. Okay. <laughs> the answer is, unless I conquer this level. I can't get to the next level. Okay. And so doesn't matter whether it's coming off a bike or whether it's pulling a hamstring or whatever it is, it's going to keep coming and coming and coming until I conquer it. Does... <laughs> yeah, here it is. I can't wait. Just to... I'm just trying to figure out how to phrase this properly. Because... Does conquering that level have to be difficult? doesn't have to be no okay so that's not actually coming up true and i see a lot of people do this they'll add difficulty to what they're doing so that it feels more satisfying so the stories afterwards are like and then this happened and i had to go through this and i had to go through this and it's it's not necessary it's just your ego putting these things in there so it feels bigger and better and more challenging and because it was like well if i just got to the next level people are like, well that doesn't feel satisfying at all and so it's what I call putting obstacles in your path, right? Uh, obstacles are things you don't actually have to go through, but you just drop them in the path and it feels like they're coming out of nowhere to make things harder. Whereas challenges are things you're deliberately putting in your path to create growth. I'm, I'm going to take my business to this level. I'm going to conquer this. I'm going to do this marathon. Uh, and you may put out the challenge, I'm going to do a marathon, but then you can throw an obstacle. I'm going to throw a, a knee injury in because that didn't need to be there. Right? So, but now it's even more, more difficult and I have to work harder. So are you willing to step out of the story that you have to put as many obstacles in your path as possible to make this more satisfying? I am willing to step out of that story. Yeah. And I, I've seen people complain about this a lot. It's like, well, they have that success because they didn't have to deal with this and they don't have to deal with the issues I do. And that's you keeping yourself away from success 
uh, not realizing it because now it's just like I have the excuses and I have the extra cha- uh, not challenges, but obstacles in my way. And so now you have an excuse if you don't make it. But then if you do make it, you say, oh, I did it despite this and this and this. And people are just making their lives harder. Amazing. So obstacles or ego? Yeah. yeah. You choose, right? Exactly. <laughs> Man, I choose obstacles, not ego. <laughs> ego is, um, but ego drives so many people. And it's amazing because ego, people will go to ego to such an extent that they, they would rather die than get out of ego. And it's amazing to watch that. And I've seen people start to make that choice. <laughs> so uh, things don't have to be hard. And, and again, this comes from worrying, what are people going to think? If everything is just easy for me, are people going to go, oh, well, you know, Gavin's just got it easy. Everything just works out for him. And then you're like, oh, I don't want people to think that. But that's on them. That's not on you. <laughs> right? right? I've, I've had people go, Shiraz just manifests stuff. And it's, it's, it's not fair. And I'm like, no, what's not fair is you deciding you don't want to do exactly the same thing. You're just staying where you are and saying, no, I don't want to do the same things because I like my struggle. I, I like this. I, what was really amusing was I was meeting some friends at a patio one time and it was the last day of summer. It was the last hot day. And so the patio was packed and three of them got there and there were seven of us meeting and they, they got a table, but there were only three chairs around the table. So they sat down Then the next three guys got there. And they said, uh, okay, we'll, we'll go grab chairs. We'll go find some. And then we'll, we'll get one for Shiraz too. And one guy says, oh, no, don't get a chair for Shiraz. The universe takes care of Shiraz. Let him get his own damn chair, <laughs> right? So, right? So they, they searched and got, had to wait for people to leave when they were done their lunch or whatever. And then they finally got their three chairs there. And then I arrived. And when I got up there, I could feel there was just this, this judgment and almost like this giggling of like, Shiraz doesn't have a chair. Let's see what happens. And I'm like, hey, guys. And they're like, how's it going? And the waitress comes up to me and she goes, how are you doing, sir? And I said, I'm doing amazing. How are you? And she goes, I'm great. Thank you. Can I get you a chair? I said, that would be lovely. And the whole t- uh, table just goes, oh, my God. <laughs> and they were upset that it was so easy for me. But I'm like, I don't care. I'm not going to suddenly have to go searching around this whole restaurant for a chair just to make you happy. I'm going to get my chair. <laughs> right? Love it. Love it. Mm-hmm. And it's just such a simple example also. Mm-hmm. It's like people that drive around supermarket car parks and get a space right close to the door. Yeah. It's like, whoa. <laughs> But they manifested that. They're like, I'm going to arrive at the right time when somebody's just left and I'm going to get in there and I'm going to nip that space. Um, So some people might not be as au fait with manifesting. Could you give us like three easy tips or steps to become a better manifester? Okay. Number one is, it's it, okay. It's I'm not going to say it's easy, but it's it's the the method to, is knowing it's going to happen, right? Getting into that feeling of knowing it's going to happen, and we do this for a lot of bad things, 
right? I know I'm going to end up waiting in line for this, or I know the, the bill is going to be higher than I expect. People just do that. And there's no doubt when you're there. I know, okay, it happened again. I know when you get into that space of no doubt for that positive thing, it has to happen. Right? And the, the thing you're going to find is that if you're in the space of negativity, if you just want to, don't want to go to that, like the universal lines, you're unconsciously going to affect your behavior to, co to cause things to happen badly for you. I have done this multiple times through my life until I realized I was doing it. But you will behave differently, give off a, a different vibe to people, like come off as arrogant or, or um, deceitful or shy when you're not shy or whatever it is. And it's just so that you can be right again about whatever story is coming. So when you decide, well, this is just what's going to happen. You're going to, and here's the thing, you're going to see it happen and you're going to see it not happen. And when you lock onto the evidence of it happening, you'll start to create more evidence of it happening and more evidence of that. So then eventually it's just like, that's just what happens. Right? So, so that's, that's number one. Number two is when you see other people have it, don't go into reaction of, oh, must be nice. They have it. Just look at it as evidence that people can have it and get into that, that attitude. Oh, it's possible. I'm going to have some of that. It's obviously possible, especially if that person doesn't look like they've done a lot to achieve it. Then you're like, wow, you don't actually even have to do a lot to achieve it rather than, oh my God, they didn't have to do anything and they got it. Like you look at the evidence from a different point of view and it amps everything up for you. Right? So if people could do things easily and achieve a lot, they're like, well, it's possible. I just got to lock into that. And this is really, really simple. And it, you can do it every day. And it actually affects your prosperity and actually affects your health as well. Laugh. <laughs> okay. That's it. I have a big belly laugh every day for some reason. Before I used to have to go to YouTube and look for funny videos or watch shows to get that laugh out. But now it's gotten to, a, to the point where... It just happens every day. There's always an excuse to have a big laugh every day. Just like I taught you, if there's, if you watch the evidence, eventually that's just what's going to happen every day. And it makes me feel healthier. It puts me in a better mindset. I get bigger results from when I'm doing work. I create better relationships with people because they're laughing with me. It affects everything. And it's just a simple thing. And why would you not want to laugh every day? But I've done workshops where I say, when was the last time you had a big belly laugh? And I was like, in the last day, and people put up their hands. And then some people wouldn't. I've last week, some people, and I've gone six months. And some people are like, yeah, that was the last time I had a big belly laugh. I'm like, six months? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Have some more fun in your life. It affects everything. Everything. Um, we're going to wrap up because um, time's running out today. But anytime you'd love to come back on the show later on in the year or series two please do uh, i think you've been an outstanding guest and given lots of value and insight to the audience uh, a couple of questions before we finish off mm -hmm. firstly uh, if anything you've resonated uh, anything you've said has resonated with anybody um, and they want to reach out how can they do that they can go to energetic magic which is my main website where you can contact me you can learn to do what i do and you can see what classes are coming up or you can go to shiraz shifts as in shiraz shifts your reality.com and that's to book an appointment and just actually work one-on-one -on -one with me okay this wasn't actually a real question but i'm gonna put it in because the child in me wants to say it question okay. two is do you did do your parents like wine 
<laughs> Shiraz is actually an Arabic name that means sweet, which is where the grape got its name from, which is where the wine got its name from. And I don't know if I've lived up to that name, but that's where we are right now. <laughs> so. I think you're sweet, brother. Thanks. Um, you got a kind heart. That's the main thing. Um, the final question was, sorry, the child and me just had to ask. And we were just talking about having a laugh. So, yep. uh, Final question for you. What does stay outstanding mean to you? I, I use the phrase, um, why are you trying to fit in when you were made to stand out all the time? If you're not outstanding, no one's going to see you. If you're not outstanding, you're not going to have an impact on people. If you're not outstanding, you're not even going to recognize your own worth. So it's so important to stay outstanding all the time because that's what's going to create the life you desire. Beautiful, man. Beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing that. And uh, I just want to say with so much gratitude that I honor you and thank you for being here with us. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me, Evan. Thanks for joining us. If you enjoyed the content and got any value, please do like it, rate it, follow, subscribe, and leave a comment. You'll find us across all the social media channels, YouTube, TikTok, Facebook, and Instagram. All the links are in the show notes. It's been my privilege to host you today. I'm Gavin Scott. Until next time, stay outstanding.